Welcome to Made in Australia. Ball Played's deep dive into the Australian games industry where we focus on an Australian-based studio and their upcoming game. Welcome to the very first uh, podcast episode of Well Played's Made in Australia. Uh, before we introduce our first guest to you, I'll give you just a quick brief uh, history of this segment. Uh, I've been doing this uh, segment for maybe close to two years and we've sort of focused on uh, Australian developers and uh, the studio and how they sort of got to where they they are and their uh, upcoming games at the time. So we've focused on developers like SMG Studio and moving out, uh, Team Fan Club, uh, Dead State Drive. And uh, just recently we did uh, Beethoven and Dinosaur. Um, we spoke to Johnny Galvatron from, um, from them and we focused on uh, the Artful Escape. So you can check out all the uh, previous articles on www.well-play.com.au. Uh, so if you want to uh, catch up on any studio that you might find uh, interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, pretty much the brief history. We'll get straight into it. Uh, and kicking things off uh, on the podcast version of this, we have Jordan Mocky from Catchweight Studio, who is developing an upcoming survival horror game called Conscript. Jordan, uh, thanks for joining us. No, thank you for having me on. It's good to be on. Happy to be here. It's a big, big honor. First episode, debut. Yeah, it so, is. Uh, it is. You'll ever be, uh, you'll be immortalized in uh, yeah, exactly right. yeah. history. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how you going? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing too bad. Um, I'm just kind of deep, deep, deep into development all day, every day, pretty much. It's all yeah. I do. So, um, but that's good. I love it. So. Nice. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into that. I actually just realized I didn't even introduce myself. I, I'm Zach Jackson <laughs> from, from Well Played, so that's, I probably should get that uh, in, the, in the start there, but uh, <laughs> a little bit rough around the edges at first. But uh, all right, Jordan, so uh, just tell us a bit about yourself, um, where you're from, your age, whatever sort yeah. of personal info you want to share, credit card details, sure. you know. Yeah, um, yeah, bank, <laughs> bank pin, yeah. Nah, um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, my name's Jordan Mocky. I am 23 years old. Um, born and raised in Melbourne and yeah I mean I just last year finished a history degree at Melbourne Uni and then ever since then I've just been um, focusing on conscript and, and game development and trying to you know get all that going so awesome yeah yeah so you uh you say you were always uh been in Melbourne uh, for those listening at home we're recording this on the day the AFL season kicks off so I've got to ask: Are you an AFL fan, and who do you support? I've got to. I've got to be really honest with you, man. Like, I, 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 I'm about to say something that should have my citizenship revoked. But I've never actually watched a, a game of AFL in my entire life. You've never watched in, a game of AFL no, in my 23 years Melbourne. of existence. Never. That, not, that, I, that maybe, is maybe a quarter of a match in my life, but um. That's big. Any I, yeah. uh, any particular reason? Like family just wasn't into it, or no? My my family wasn't wasn't really into it. Um, the only sports that I really watch are combat sports. That that's what I'm into. But um, as far as like really any 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 ball sport, I've just I've just never been into it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll I'll just edit that out and just say that you're a big Carlton fan, like myself. So, <laughs> so yeah. uh. Oh, good. Right, sweet. Yeah. So, t- so uh, tell us about how I guess Catchweight Studio uh, came about. Like, you know, how did you 
yeah, you know, get into game design? What made you want to start a studio? Yeah. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. So, it's a long story, but um, we've got I mean, all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I guess as a kid, I kind of, you know, I grew up playing games, and I kind of always knew deep down that it's what I wanted to do uh, when I was older. But for some reason, I never really realized that it was it was a possibility until I was like second year uni, um, doing my history degree. And so I kind of just decided on the spot there because, you know, when, when you're in uni, you, you have you have extra time. You know, uni's kind of that time of your life where you, if you have, especially if you have an arts degree like I did, like you should be kind of figuring out what you want to do um, with your life because an arts degree is not necessarily going to lead straight into a job. So that was kind of that period where I had to really sit down and think about what I wanted to do. And so I kind of remembered, I was like, well, as a kid, I always wanted to, get into the games industry, but I just don't think I really understood that there was a path there in Australia, especially back when, you know, when I was younger, I don't think the scene was really that big here. Mm. It wasn't really, um, it didn't really feel like something you could, you could aim towards. Um, but now things have changed, obviously. But anyway, um, yeah, so in second year uni, I was just like, all right, I'm gonna just give this a go. And I literally just started teaching myself uh, logic um, I started using game maker which is what I still use so I started teaching myself how to code um, started kind of I was always kind of an, an, an arty kid and I could always draw decently well but I kind of also started like actively practicing art for the game um, what else yeah I mean I just kind of started teaching myself in, in second year uni and then so that was 2017 I think yeah. And I just kind of kept, you know, whenever I had spare time, I would learn or practice or, or plan or, or write or whatever. And just kept doing it when I had free time. And then eventually it kind of kept growing and growing and growing. And I kind of started getting a bit more of an idea of what I wanted to create, which ended up being Conscript, which kind of linked my history degree in with, you know, this dream that I had of being a game dev. And, um, yeah, yeah. I guess 2020, last year, that's when I was like, all right, I'm really going to make a push to get the Kickstarter uh, going and kind of get all that stuff going, like really make a push uh, towards this because obviously we all kind of had a bit more extra time because we were all inside. But um, yeah, so I, I feel like last year was when it kind of all, last year is when I like officially made the business, you know, and started doing all the business yeah. side of things. And last year is pretty much when it all just started coming together after like three years of just doing it in my spare time. And um, ever since the Kickstarter, I've just kind of been doing it full time, really. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. So, yeah, that's actually one question I had written down is um, because you're not sort of part of a, a larger team or a team at all, uh, as a solo dev, COVID probably has been, in a way, almost been beneficial to you. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. In that regard. Because, uh, you know, you haven't had to sort of work apart from from one another you sort of you, as you said you've got all this extra free time or not, not extra free time but you got sort of mm. more time to sort of focus on yeah, stuff like this from home because um, yeah. of what's going on and yeah i guess for a lot of people like even for us like with like with the website that's sort of the same thing like i mean i still had a a, a job where i had to go to and stuff but yeah definitely you can feel that 
um, you know, more and more people were playing games. So it sort of became uh, easier to sort of sit at home and I could yeah. better excuse. I can't go out, so I'll just sit at home. And exactly. Play games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so you mentioned uh, you played games as you were a kid. What sort of what what sort of games were you into? Oh man, I mean. I was always like a Nintendo kid growing up. So I grew up with, you know, Ocarina of Time, Mario 64. Um, I think the first game I ever owned was A Link to the Past. So that's probably one of my favorites of all time. Um, all, all, the, all the good Nintendo games is what, is what I grew up with. I was, I was lucky. I grew up with my older cousin who was born in uh, 1993. So I kind of got, I kind of got a taste of... Because um, I was born in 1997. So I, I kind of have nostalgia for like games that are a bit before my time, which I feel mm. like I feel lucky to have had that. Um, yeah, so I grew up with all, all all the Nintendo classics that I'm sure everyone else also loves. So I'm gonna throw um, I'm gonna throw one back at you with uh, the AFL and you not watching um, any games. Uh, like I was born in '87, so I'm uh, got 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 a good decade on you, but I grew up playing uh, Sega. So really? and I've never really played uh like a Link or a Zelda. Really? Yeah. No. Wow. Says the guy running a running a video game wow. <laughs> website. Like I played a bit of that. um Super Nintendo and uh like uh sorry, Super Mario and stuff like that. But in terms of um yeah, like in terms of Zelda and stuff, just never and wow. even now like the Nintendo games just don't they're not really my thing like they don't sort of mm. appeal to me um yeah because i was always on that sega side so you know we had a mega drive growing up um, really yeah. i like yeah streets of rage uh altered beast like all those yeah, sorts yeah. of sega things um sonic yeah yeah um but yeah <clears throat> that's um one that often surprises people a little bit um mm. probably not so much if you if you know me because i never talk about N- nintendo stuff but it's like right. hey um you know running games website not a fan of nintendo mm. and i'm like how, how does that even work um but yeah i'm lucky i got uh many uh, uh people on the team who who are big nintendo fans yeah they can cover your bases yeah, yeah. uh cool so um so what's your okay so if you had to give us one memory uh, from your childhood or early teens or whatever mm. of uh, video games that really stuck out. What would that kind of oh man kind of be? Whoa. I mean, to be honest, I, I didn't do much else in my childhood apart from play games. So like, <laughs> it's hard to pinpoint one. But yeah, I just have so many memories. Um, you know, with my older cousin just playing. Yeah, yeah Mario sixty four. The the um. Well, you haven't played the game, so no. I but see. There, there's, <laughs> there's a there's a there's a level where you have to uh, race a penguin down a slide, and I remember me and my cousin couldn't do it, so we had to get the whole family involved and have to get my mum to try and do it, and my grandma was <laughs> was getting into it as well. Yeah, it was um so so many memories like that with, with these classic Nintendo games. That's that's why it has such like a special place in my heart. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I will never grow out of. I will never stop playing Nintendo games. Like, yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah, that's awesome. Me and um, my best mate, because I'm, I'm originally from Tassie, mm. um, and we big fans of ice hockey, and we used to play um, the NHL games 
and we were like mad, like mad fans. Like we played in line um, as well, and we would start a season together. Uh, we'd play the whole season together, and we'd write down like stats. We'd write down like we'd print these like fake contracts out. We'd sign <laughs> them as like you know I was like the GM of the team, and he was like the assistant GM, and we'd have all these like folders full of contracts. Mm. And then at the end of like every season, we'd have like a like a little meeting where we would discuss you know are we going to re-sign this sort of player and, um you know just sort of dumb yeah. shit that you do yeah. when you're when you're a kid so yeah that's yeah. yeah and um and one thing that i do definitely miss um i don't know if oh yeah 97 but you were just born is just like going to video game i uh, sorry not video game um like video stores mm. like blockbuster yep. and video Easy and stuff like that you know back when they were thriving and that and just just browsing and just yeah. seeing like yeah. you know yeah. What games are coming out yet? But um, yeah, nice. So, all right. So you say that yeah. So you, you haven't done any actual, I guess, game dev study. Uh, how have you found that sort of self-taught uh, method? Um, I mean, because this uh, Johnny Galvatron, uh, when I spoke to him last month, he was uh, he was saying that basically he did a lot of his early training or even uh, on like. YouTube, like you know, he's, he's like everything's on YouTube now. So, um, do you sort of use YouTube as a tool as well? Oh man, like <laughs> I, I I always joke that I just went to YouTube University because <laughs> I've I mean it's, it it was all on YouTube. Every everything that I learned, especially when you so in first year uni, I did a logic class. This was before I even kind of knew that I wanted to go down this path, and I mm. got like I borderline failed. Um, so after that, I was like, I'll never be able to code or do anything, but it wasn't until I kind of had that intrinsic motivation and I kind of had that vision where when I sat down, things started to make a lot more sense when I was watching these YouTube videos. Um, but yeah, everything, everything that I learned, um, especially in regards to code and logic has been, it's been off YouTube. There's, there's, when you first try and learn something, especially, um, game development and code, there's like that six month to a year period where basically you're dependent on YouTube or you're dependent on tutorials. Yeah. And then I guess the goal is to just wean yourself off them. And instead of, you know, thinking, oh, I need to implement this. Let's go look at a video. You just have to start to think, um, I'll just try and do it myself and whatever happens, happens. And so, yeah, after that, like 10, 12 month period, that's when I started kind of weaning myself off the videos. And that's when, and yeah, that's when I guess the real learning starts happening because then you're doing it yourself and you're making mistakes and you're learning from your yeah. mistakes. And yeah, um, so I guess the answer to the question is, yeah, YouTube. I don't know if I could have done it without YouTube. Um, yeah. yeah, but at that, like that being said, there was a lot of wasted time just kind of banging my head against the wall. Um, yeah. if, if I could, obviously, it's, it's easy to say this, but like if I go on to make a second game, it, it would take me half the time because there's just, in that first year period, you're just like, you're making so many mistakes and you're just doing things really poorly and, so that's that's part of the process. So that's that's part of every, that's everything. So I guess that in that in a way, perhaps um, is part of the reason why you said that early on that you know back 10, 15, 20 years ago or whatever, um, there wasn't you know being a game dev wasn't like a standout career. Uh, mm. So not like you, know, you didn't think oh this is possible. Yeah. Because you know the internet, YouTube wasn't sort of around then, so there wasn't right. this online resource. Where you could just go to whereas like now you know you can just sit at home and 
watch YouTube and learn how to code yeah, a game. Whereas, exactly right. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I many many years ago I downloaded CryEngine. I was oh, like, yeah. I'm going to make a game in CryEngine. How hard can it be? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did it for two weeks and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I've, so I've, ne- just, I've never like experimented. I've heard it's a nightmare that engine. Um, I've heard it's a well, nightmare. Well, yeah, I didn't even know what I was doing. Like, oh, okay. Years, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I'll just, I'll just, yeah, I'll see what it's like. Downloaded it because it was free and yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that uh, I shelved that idea pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah, it's it's um, hard because it's like there is that 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 intro kind of period whenever you're trying to learn something, where especially when you when you pick up a new program and there's all these mm. different buttons and everything, you don't know what does what. It's definitely hard to to kind of get past that period, but it's just I guess. You just have to bang your head against the wall enough times that eventually things start clicking, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I guess that's um, sort of a bit like me with my music sort of stuff. Like, I just I taught myself to play guitar, keyboards, mm. bass guitar. Cool. Um, and, you know, at, at first when you're playing guitar, like, you're rubbish. Like, you can't yeah, write yeah, a song, yeah. you can't strum, you can't do anything. Yep. You're like, how's this even going to be possible? And then, you know, the more you kind of just practice and yeah. it sort of, yeah, you know, it, it becomes you know, sort of second nature. Mm-hmm. Um Nice. So you you mentioned before that you were doing that we've just finished. Sorry, you finished a history degree. Yep. Uh, so why history? And uh, yeah. So, I mean, to be to be honest with you, I feel like I straight out of high school, I, I kind of rushed into uni too quickly, as I feel a lot of people do uh, these days, mm. without kind of thinking about what the repercussions of well, there's obviously the debt and all, and all that. That's that's a big thing. But love the debt. Yeah, I mean, uni uni's a big commitment anyway. In general, it's like three four years. Like, and when you're fresh out of high school, it's kind of easy to make rash decisions because, I mean, you're young and you're dumb. <laughs> um, and I kind of feel like I rushed into uni. I, I should have taken a gap year. I think after high school to kind of act because then. I could have actually sat down and thought about what I really wanted to do. But I mean, that, that said, I guess I found, in the end, I found what I wanted to do, so I can't really complain. But yeah, um, yeah, I feel like I rushed into it a bit too quickly. I was like, yeah, uh, an arts degree um, at Melbourne would be great. And I, I enjoyed it. It was fine. But um, I feel like if I could go back, now that I kind of know how my brain works a bit better, I would go back and get like some kind of computer science degree or some kind of yeah, nice. engineering yeah. degree. But that's... Not going to happen, I mean, but um, yeah, you still can. Yeah, still yeah, young. yeah, 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 exactly. But um, yeah, I feel like I feel like I can't really complain because I feel like I'm I'm on a good path now. So it's kind of hard to to say, oh, I wish I did this or I wish I did that because I've I feel like I'm I'm doing I feel like I'm on the right path. If that makes sense. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, I can't. Similar sort of thing. I did uni much later because I didn't really, when I was younger and just finished sort of school, like I was, you know, into music and I was always like, I'm going to be a rock star. It's going to be, yeah. It's got, I've got all, I've got all figured out. It turns yeah. out, um, yeah. at 18, 19, you don't have it all figured out. Um, yeah. So I uh, moved to Melbourne to, you know, to kind of live that dream and it just, it was a lot harder than what I, you know, realized. Yeah. And then life just becomes like a, you know, when you move away from your family and your support network and that, like, mm. um, you know, surviving becomes like right. your main priority, like getting a job, paying your yeah. bills. Um, 
yeah so i actually did uni a bit a bit later but yeah like i did i actually did a commerce degree at first which makes zero sense to uh to like who i am and what my interests hmm. are and where my yeah. you know, talents are so um it was like you know, i got a, about maybe a quarter in through the the degree and i was like what am i doing yeah why yeah. am i doing this i should be doing like marketing or something else right so i was like finish it anyway so i did it so i spent like the next like three years like doing a, a commerce degree that i knew i wasn't ever going to use but yeah. um so with history so is there a particular part of history that you that you quite enjoy because i feel like um you know to go and study history at a uni level you've got to have a pretty deep interest in yeah in that i i, I mean i always have uh it's i mean i guess it goes without saying but the, the first world war is yeah has been a passion of mine um but i just i love i love researching different wars and and i don't know why i'm interested in it it's kind of it's yeah i don't know why I, I have no idea um but it's something i'm interested in and yeah it's it's cool that i've been able to kind of take that even further than than just uni and kind of use the use the knowledge that i gained uh, throughout my studies to kind of go forward with with game development it's a kind of a weird combo you know but yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's um i think from all the people that we've sort of all that I've spoken to in the past, and this, I don't, I think you're the first to have a, mm. a excuse me, a history degree. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's cool. Mm. Um, yeah. So the the uh, question I had, I forgot him. Uh, <laughs> so with <laughs> uh, so yeah, you mentioned before that you're now doing uh, catchweight full time. Yeah. Um, do. You, like previously when you're at uni like and before you do the kickstarter yeah. how like because funding's always been a big sort of topic yeah. for or a big talking point for indie games you know victoria's got a ton of well not a ton but it's got, it's got some very good uh, mm. funding programs yep did you ever look, look at applying for that how did you uh i guess survive like financially yeah uh, while... so I, yeah so I, you know while i was at uni i was i was working and, and all that and like i was just working on the game yeah, but I can't even say like part time. It was just whenever I had time, really. Um, and then, like, as soon as uni finishes, you're like, all right, now you've got to kind of, you've got to make something of this. You know, you got you got to kind of push forward with this. And I did I did look at those funding programs, and they seem really. It seems like we're we're in a, a good position here for for that kind of stuff. Um, but I kind of just felt like I wanted complete independence, if that makes sense. Because yeah. Kickstarter, I suppose, is like. I guess it's the most independent you can get, uh, the most independent funding you can get now that I think about it. Um, so I was just like, all right, we'll just give it a go. Because um, I feel like with with my game construct, it's very niche, but the target audience, you know, you have the survival horror fans and you have like the history fans, I guess. They are very passionate about those two things. So I felt like kind of tapping into that niche with the Kickstarter and kind of starting to build that community um, was the right thing to do and yeah so I pushed really hard I worked really hard throughout 2020 to plan the Kickstarter and to do all that and yeah it was um, it worked out well it was like decently successful um, more so than I thought it would be which was good um, and also like going back to last year in the pandemic the good thing about the pandemic was that like living expenses were pretty low 
like no one was doing anything <laughs> so i was really able to kind of you know get more of that get more out of that kickstarter than i probably otherwise would have been able to you know so in a, in a way it was kind of lucky for the pandemic no i don't want to say it's lucky for the pandemic but you, you know yeah, what I, mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean i mean as as bad as it sort of sounds like there's always winners and losers in these yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the company that i work for um, they've definitely been a winner in this, right? Uh, in what what's gone on, you know, and I'm very fortunate and lucky, and I'm very very grateful that I've still got a you know full time job, and because um, I could easily be on the other side of that, you know, and yeah, yeah, have been impacted. So, um, so yeah, just uh, I mean, we probably haven't touched on it. Uh, we probably should, but just mm-hmm. tell us a bit about Conscript. So what is yeah, so what yeah. actually is it? Give us a quick elevator pitch. Um, that yeah so conscript is basically a classic survival horror game uh, set during the first world war with a kind of a pixel art uh, top-down aesthetic or viewpoint um that's pretty much the elevator pitch yeah so you're in the trenches classic survival horror gameplay you play as a french uh, french soldier uh, fighting off german soldiers and yeah that's the elevator pitch <laughs> awesome so um I've uh, I've messed around. There there is if you're listening in that little elevator pitch got uh, got you going. You can go play the demo on uh, on Steam. Uh, I've checked it out, um, and I want to jump back because I want to apologise. Mm. But I um but I also want to blame Kickstarter. So yeah. I saw this game, and this is how I I didn't even know that this was an Australian game. Yeah, I was yeah. just I normally I usually scroll Kickstarter once a week, maybe a fortnight. To see what's going on because I'd love to back games and stuff mm. on there. Um, and I saw this and I was like, oh, that sounds that sounds cool. Mm. I'm, uh, I'm about that. And then I realized that you were Australian. And what I normally do is I go save for later or save to wish list or whatever it is yeah, yeah, that yeah. they've got on there. Um, and I come back and I back it a bit later because I'm at work or do you know, I'm doing something. So, yeah. um, and the Kickstarter, their emails go into my friggin' junk box spam. Email, oh, really? You know, and I can't figure out how to do it. So I didn't realize until a day after the uh, campaign had finished that I actually uh, missed I missed it. So I apologize <laughs> in that. Uh, nah, it's all good. For that. Um, but yeah, I've checked out the uh, the demo and I I dig it. Like, uh, oh, thanks, man. It's awesome because like survival horror is probably my number one genre. And um, cool. we were discussing before we hit record that uh, I'm wearing a Resident Evil uh, shirt to. Uh, for you just to, <laughs> just to show my my love um because yeah. yeah you you mentioned in the i guess in the notes or in the information about the game is that it's definitely it's inspired by in uh, those re games and silent hill um two yeah. series i love probably i'm definitely more on the re side of things yes yeah, um but you know like re2 is like my favorite game of all time yeah um, yep so yeah i was like this is and i can as soon as I played the demo, I was like, "Yeah, this this is I can I can feel it, I can see it." Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. the inspiration. So, a couple of things on Conscript. Uh, I want to ask. So, why is the story about a French soldier? Did did you ever consider maybe doing it? Because I feel like there's very few games that focus on Australian uh, protagonists yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Um. So and I don't probably don't know enough about Australia's involvement in the in World War One to know if there's an easy answer to that. Um, but yeah, like what, why why did you sort of go with that that French 
so I, I get this question a lot. It's, it's kind of a funny answer, but like I, I'm, I don't have any French uh, background. That was actually, my first I, thought. Yeah, I actually have like <laughs> German background. So, but um, <laughs> and you and you and you kill German soldiers in the game. But um, so it actually came more so because like I'm I'm interested in, in in all aspects of the First World War. I'm not really particularly kind of like devoted to this particular battle, the Battle of the Dun, but. Actually, if you if you go back on my Twitter, um, for, uh, far enough, in the early stages of development, it was actually going to be an English soldier, or it might have even been an Australian soldier, but it was still going to be on the Western Front. And I made a few demos and like did a few play tests uh, with that English character or Australian character. It could have been either because the uniforms were similar, but uh, yeah. I hadn't really decided that at that point. And what I what I what I kind of noticed was that I didn't really like. Because the, the trenches in the game that you explore, it's all brown, it's all dark, it's all kind of muted colors. I didn't really really like the contrast between the the green, kind of khaki style uniform, and the and the and the browns. I want like I wanted something that because it's also a low res game, so you want yeah. the player character to kind of stand out a bit more. And so then I kind of started researching other battles, and I found the, the I kind of started researching the French army and what their uniform was like, and it was like this bright blue kind of really. Um, striking uh uniform and i was like that would actually contrast really well with the browns and the trenches yeah, nice. and that would actually make I, I feel like that would make for a, just a just a cooler kind of uh character to, to to play as um so that was one reason that's kind of a visual a visual reason another reason was that um you know you know how like in the original resident evils Obviously, you have like the mansion and the, and the police station. They're kind of like the main attraction, but then you go off to side areas or like you yeah. come back to, like it's not just the mansion. There's little side areas that you go to. I wanted to have some form of like environment variety, and in a lot of the battles on the Western Front, there just really wasn't that. It was just kind of a swamp. It was just kind of a shithole, like yeah. a swampy shithole. And I didn't want the whole game to to take place there. And so I researched this particular battle, the Battle of the Dun, and in that yeah. battle. Um, there were forts, like old 18th century forts, which would which would be cool to explore. There were like destroyed towns, um, so it just kind of gave me a bit more room freedom. to work with. Uh, yeah, freedom to, to work with uh, more air to, to create more areas, and and so they're the, they're honestly the two main reasons um, that I decided to to take place in that battle. And pretty solid reason. Yeah, yeah. So it's more it's more gameplay reasons as opposed to anything kind of like personal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. So the story um, that is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you wake up and you need to find your brother. Like yep. You're a French soldier and um, you and your brother in, uh, are you stationed at the same yep. post? Yep. I can't remember. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, yeah, you got to go off and find him. Um, is that uh, just uh, your creation or is that like inspired by any like sort of real um stories or no that's i mean that's just kind of i guess it's, i guess it's kind of a trope in survival horror that you have to be finding someone now that yeah. i think about it you know what i mean i guess it's kind <laughs> of a kind of, kind of an easy thing to to go with but at the same time like i do want to kind of tell an emotional story about you know family and and, and what families lost during the war you know so i feel like that going with that angle will help me kind of explore those uh, themes yeah, you know, throughout the game. Yeah, yeah. It um, did you do any? I guess what what sort of research did did you do for for that side of it? Like in terms of the loss. Yeah. Um. So I mean, 
throughout my it was it was funny actually in my in my last uh, semester of uni, I just by chance happened to be doing like World War One subjects, and I actually just happened to be doing a lot of research on World War One, like right kind of before the Kickstarter, which actually was a cool coincidence. But um, so I did a lot in my in my degree, just having to write essays and all that. But also in my spare time, like I read a lot. I've I've also been trying to read a lot more. This it's like my my goal for this year is just to read more because um, I don't feel like I read enough. But yeah, just I like reading obviously books on World War One, but just a lot of like first-hand accounts of the soldiers, um, mm. letters, um, poems, like yeah, just first-hand accounts. Because I mean, when you think about it, the, the whole kind of reason I went with this setting is because. Like World War One was really horrific in a, in a lot of ways, kind of more so than a lot of other wars. Just the conditions that the soldiers had to to live in, and yeah. So I guess the biggest inspiration for me is just reading these letters um, because they were real. And to me, like things that that actually happened and things that are real are like way more kind of terrifying than something that's fictional, I guess. Yeah, of course. And um, as you've sort of mentioned, uh, you know war is probably one of the most horrific yeah. uh, events probably a person can go through so yeah exactly um you know very lucky that they were i guess before our time uh, yeah for sure so yeah i can't imagine like what it would be like to to live through uh, one let alone two for some people oh yeah yep for sure yeah okay so all right so you're big on survival all right big on history how hard was it to blend the two together? So, if at all, I mean, like like I said, like the, thematically, um, it's been easy because I just have to read a book or read an account, and it's like there's my material. Like these are all things I can kind of, you know, take inspiration from. Um, just like really horrific, horrific things. Like I'm reading a book at the moment um, about like the First World War and how soldiers kind of took to nature and how they, they were inspired by the nature around them. But just, just horrific stuff, man. Like having a friend go out and get stuck in barbed wire and then you have to, no one can go and save him because they'll get shot. And so he's just left there for like 48 hours while he dies. Like it's just stuff like that. It's just, yeah, it's fucked up. But um, so thematically it's like, that's easy. It's, it's, it's easy to come up with horrific things because the whole world is horrific. But one thing mm. I've kind of been, thinking about recently it's actually pretty hard to i guess mix the gameplay of survival horror with what people would think of as a war game because if you think about like classic horror there's not many enemies really um combat isn't really a focus of those games it's more exploration um so this is kind of a design problem that I've been having recently where you have to kind of find the balance between showing like through illust- illustrating through gameplay that this is kind of still a war. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? It's kind of, it's kind of a yeah. weird thing where you, you don't want it to be exactly like the old games because in those old games, there was really no, the combat was kind of shit and there wasn't really that much of it. But in the first world war, there was combat. There was a lot of combat, yeah, of course. you know? So that's kind of been a problem I've been, um, design problem i've been kind of grappling with recently i guess yeah because because then if you lean too 
uh, too much on combat. It just becomes yeah. a shooter exactly. action exactly game. Right. So you yeah. kind of need to scale it back. And yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess, yeah, for, like I said, like from my playing, uh, my hands on with the demo, like I've definitely found that uh, I can definitely see that mix. Mm. Um, that mix there. And, and one thing I do love, which I mentioned here, uh, is that. I love how you've got your using that RE typewriter style oh, save yeah. system. Yeah. Um, which even though part of me goes, oh, like, do I save here? Do I not save <laughs> here? Do I risk it? Because um, that's, I guess, one thing. And I was speaking about this with someone from uh, from the website a couple of weeks ago. But you know, games don't really do that anymore. We're very yeah. generous with auto saves and yeah. that sort of that challenge aspect is sort of gone a bit from yeah. Them. From games, you know, there are other games that sort of do it, but even with like the RE2 remake, you know, it was not the same as the first ones where you had those ink ribbons, you had to find a typewriter kind of thing. If you didn't have an ink ribbon, can't say too bad, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I guess what's what was the the thought process behind that if, if there was any sort of more to it? Um, because yeah, I guess in modern day, you know, the games don't really have that, and it's yeah. sort of in some regards, it's almost seen as a detractor. Like you, um, you know, you read some reviews and you go, "Safe system is shit," or you know, "too hard" or "unfair" or whatever like that. Um, because I guess what you don't want to do is you don't want people to have fun playing the game and then they die, and then all their fun sort of undone because they didn't sort of save and there's no sort of yeah, yeah. So, well, actually, that was kind of a hard. It, it was a hard design choice to, to to do that at first because I knew, I just knew it was going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. It's kind of a very acquired taste in a way to have that system. So actually what I did a few months ago was I was like, because I, I was talking to like people in, in the community and and just like fans and all that. And it was pretty much like 50-50. Um, and so I was like, you know what, I'll just make this an option. So actually a few months ago, I went back and I was like, you know what, when you, when you first start a new game, you can just choose if you want to do the classic uh, system or if you want to do auto save, uh, like checkpoints, or also um, just unlimited like increments pretty much. Um, so yeah, I was just like, all right, I'll just, just give the option because it's kind of, you're damned if you do it and damned if you don't with that. Because um, at the end of the day, like I kind of just want to make as many people happy as possible. Um, and not alienate anyone. So it's like, may as well just, it's, it, it was pretty, it was like a few days of work. So it wasn't a big deal to do that. Um, but I mean, like me personally, I, I love that mechanic because it just suits the genre so well. It's the genres, I guess it's all about risk and reward. And, you know, when you have limited saves, that's like the ultimate risk to, to keep, yeah. to keep pushing forward um, at the expense of like lost time if you die. Um, so yeah, I personally love it, but like I said, I'd rather just give people the option. It definitely doesn't work um, for every game, and I like when we were having the uh, the chat with my mate. I was trying to think of games nowadays that it would work with, and yeah. I, I struggled to kind of think of one. Maybe I thought yeah. maybe yeah, maybe like Evil Within, but that's because it's pretty much a different uh, flavor of Resident Evil. So. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, yeah, like I. I find it hard to think of games that would have that that would, that would work in that sort of um, mm. that system now I think it's pretty like exclusive to, to I think it just suits survival horror because 
in survival horror, there's a lot of, um, well, there's a lot of backtracking and there's also a lot of planning with like where yeah. you're going to go and what you're going to do. Whereas in a, in a linear game, if it's just forward, I don't think it would really suit. Yeah. Um, and you can even do similar things gameplay mechanic wise, like you saw with Outlast. If you didn't didn't have any bad, I don't know if you played I never Outlast did, no. at all. Yeah, so with Outlast, you've got your camera, like your camcorder, and uh, you need that to see in the dark map sometimes. But if you don't have any batteries, you, know, you can't sort yeah, of see. So right. I guess that's, it's, it's a similar sort of thing where um, you know you've got to be very careful of, of how much you use the the camera because you know you, you don't want to run out of juice yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, nice. All right, so I, I just want to jump back uh, a little bit back and talk more on, uh, a little bit on the Kickstarter. So you did that. You had a goal of 30000 and you raised nearly forty k. So that would have yeah. been awesome. Like, that was amazing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like so So, so that thirty k. So, how do you get to that that figure? What does that sort of go towards? And yeah, to be honest, that was just. I mean, it's just it's essentially a salary, but not really yeah, a salary because okay. you're not getting paid a salary. But it's just like right. it's just so I can spend the next. You know, I mean, it, it will end up being. It'll end up being probably a little over a year uh, of working on it full time hmm. with that, and um. Like I said, it was very lucky for the pandemic because I can stretch that out probably longer. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. So with um, Kickstarters, I've heard that they can be a little bit more trouble than they're worth sometimes. Maybe yeah. in regards to yeah. rewards and you know, you've got to keep doing updates. Um, like, like I backed Scorn. Um, I don't know if you, you know that game. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yes. I backed that like in twenty like sixteen or seventeen or something like that, and you know the the updates sort of are very very rare, and you kind mm. of wonder is this going to even coming out? Like, yeah, you know, and then you know the devs always when they do have an update, they always say you know this is time better spent working on the game, so you get yeah. it sooner, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I mean, how is juggling those commitments yeah. kind of? I can understand that, that sentiment from the devs because it is a lot of time to to make updates. Like people don't really understand how every, everything is time consuming. Like even just yeah. making a GIF to put on the update is time consuming. Like just recording that little slice of gameplay, um, it's, it's all time and obviously it would be better spent on the game, I suppose. But like I've, been, I've made a really conscious effort. Like if you look at the Kickstarter, I've pretty much been doing monthly updates and especially the one this month was really big. Um, just to keep people... Like I just want them to know that I'm not like I'm not going to be a guy who just bolts with the Takes 40k, money around, you yeah. know. Like yeah. so, I've been really conscious to to, to update monthly um, with all the new things that I've. Even if it's like not the biggest thing in the world, you can still show it. Just because yeah. um, I think a lot of devs think, oh, if it's not like this brand new thing that will blow everyone's mind, it's not worth showing. But everything's worth showing because everything takes a lot of time and everything takes a lot of effort in, in yeah. game development. So. Um, but I mean, I kind of made sure to make my reward. I didn't. I didn't promise anything too, too crazy, really. Just some extra stuff on the side, um, which will kind of be, like I said, it's extra work at, in the end. But um, I guess it's worth it if it's. I, I just yeah. think a lot of people overpromise, and um, I feel like I was pretty reasonable with my. Um, 
my pitch really yep yeah yeah so what like one of the interest i think um and correct me if i'm wrong but the date listed on the delivery of the rewards and stuff is may so i actually in my last update i had to announce a delay to um, okay. q1 uh next year and oh, really? that, yeah so that kind of um to, to be honest with you i could have i could have i mean I, I work 12 hour days on this anyway but i could have really pushed out the game uh, for me but I, I know deep down it wouldn't have been the right thing to do because the game would have suffered and um it's like i said in the update this is this has been such a big part of my life like this this is my life really this is me um and it, if i was to push it out earlier than i knew it was ready i would fucking hate myself forever to be honest yeah. with you and yeah so with, with this extra time it's going to go such a long way and yeah it's just one of the one of those things and i people are very understanding i know because especially in this industry with recent events with unfinished games and stuff like that like people especially when like they know it's just me it's really just me so people have been very understanding yeah i i feel like the um people's level of like forgiveness and understanding is definitely very very different if you're like a solo dev yeah um versus like big company yeah um, yeah yeah uh so yeah um okay cool, cool. i didn't i wasn't actually aware that it had been delayed there you go. So with, I guess with that, um, but I actually did have that as a, as a quick question, uh, with since, so the game started development in 2017, how yeah. much, uh, has the game sort of changed and grown and, right. um, since, since you sort of first started? So, doing it? I mean, like I, I say 2017, but that's, that's when I first started learning game dev and right. technically it's the same project, like that's gone the whole way, but Conscript wasn't really Conscript until like maybe early 2019. Like that's when it kind of formed that identity. Everything before that, I kind of considered just prototyping and learning. I guess that counts as dev time, but um, there was that first like year period where it was just learning. Um, but I suppose it still counts. So yeah, you're right, 2017. But um, the game's changed crazy, a crazy amount. Like. There's just so many ideas that I had, especially early on, that just were stupid and completely out of scope. Any, and I'm sure... uh, any, any one that you can sort of share with us? Yeah, uh... yeah, yeah. The, the one that I always tell is that, like, the original... So I, I hadn't decided on a setting yet, and I loved history. I kind of knew I wanted to do a history-based uh, game, but I hadn't decided on a setting. So... Oh, you haven't played Mario 64. I'm going to reference Mario 64. But um, like in that game, you jump into paintings and you go into different worlds. But yeah, this was going to be like the, the Mario 64 of horror. Where like you <laughs> you go into different worlds and like one world would be like World War One, Another world would be like you explore like World War Two. That's cool. I like and, that. Um, it's cool, but like there's no direction. It, it wasn't like, yeah. there's just no consistency. And it was, that's just way too much to even... That's just too much research. That's just too much. Yeah. I mean, too I guess, much. like, that would definitely, you could lend that to, like, a, as it depends on how historical versus alternate reality, like, you kind of wanted to, to go with that, because that sounds like you, you could definitely have a lot of creative fun with that, I think. I don't know. Have you ever seen the film um, Predestination? No, never. It's got uh, Ethan 
Hawkeye. I think it's actually filmed in Brisbane. Um, really, really good film. But yeah, so he just goes into all these different sort of time uh, times to um, yeah. yeah, and it's yeah, like you, I guess you could have sort of something like that. I know you're a secret agent going back through time to yeah, yeah, do whatever or you know, um, yeah, yeah, nice. Problem is, it's just so hard to kind of to 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 have a consistent and focused. Uh, story and it just would have been a mess you know it's, it'd be hard yeah. to pull off so it's best i just was like all right i have to i have to settle on a on a, on a setting and just go with that yeah i guess yeah definitely felt like a, a solid dev doing your first game you know that, yeah. that sort of yeah, ambitious yeah. project exactly yeah <laughs> yeah nice so um your your parents big on beyond games um no <laughs> not at all <laughs> not really not really. No. Um, what do they think of uh, the the game they're, dev life? They're um, they're, they're supportive, and, I, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, it's, I guess they don't really see. I guess they don't really see my vision. You know what I mean? Which is understandable. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I but I see it, and I guess that's kind of the most important thing. Um, but no, they they're supportive. They, I mean, look, I kind of feel like this is what I was made to do. So yeah that's i guess i guess that's what every parent kind of wants in a way you know their uh child to do something that uh they yeah happy doing um so with uh just back onto conscript have you because i don't recall seeing it but have you shown it off at pax at all or any other sort of conventions? Uh, no i haven't but uh, i just heard yeah. pax is back on this year yes yeah pax was happening um is that something that you'd uh i would love to yeah i would love to yeah um, are they doing submissions again this year i would say so yeah i mean you, know, yeah. you can hire a booth and yeah i would no, i would love that i was thinking about that the other day actually when i heard yeah. about it I, I would love to do that yeah because um the other thing with that um uh, we were talking about earlier is the Victorian the funding programs. Yeah, they yeah. I believe there are funding programs for sending devs to like GDC and oh really I'm not sure if there's any PAX related ones, but because um, it's pretty expensive from what I know. Like I don't really know a lot, but um, mm. I think it's quite pricey. I've never been. But, yeah, but yeah, ha- have you been as a like just as a consumer? Oh sorry, no. I went I went to PAX. Um, I think like three years ago. Just, okay. Yeah. Um. Maybe three years ago. It was a, it was a while ago. But um. Then I, then I saw the boost. Then I was like, man, this was back at the start of development. I was like, man, it'd yeah. be cool. It'd be cool if I had that one day. So. Yeah. Well, d- definitely. Definitely have a look, and uh, you know, maybe I'll uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll see you there. Um, yeah. 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 With so yeah so solo developer. Start home. Um. I guess that can be a bit of a, a challenge because you you know you are sort of isolated, and when you are running uh, a one man studio, uh, you kind of have to do admin, you know, like you know the Kickstarter updates, all that. yeah, you know, yeah. Your, your marketing. I'm, I'm not sure if you if you're into that at the moment, but you know, your your PR, you know, responding to emails from people yeah, like me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're also like like how hard like how much time does it sort of, does that sort of take up? Uh, but the second part of the question is, you're also a bit isolated. When it comes to creativity, so you don't really have anybody to kind of bounce ideas off, right? Uh, you know, so if you go, oh, uh, well, you know, I want to do that two world, world, world war idea, mm. and then the next person goes, nah, shit, rubbish, like not gonna work, or they go, yeah, that's awesome, you know, we can build on this and make it work that way. I guess, do you have any 
how hard is that? You know, you know how strong are you in your visions and your decisions that you know that what you're doing is is uh, right or or good or fun to play? And do you have any mentors or people that you can go to and for help? I guess that's a huge question. Yeah, so, so the, the first part of the question was admin stuff, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a headache and especially like um, coming from not having to do that really before. It's like, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's time and time is the most valuable currency. Um, but it's like, you know, I get to do cool things like this. So it's, it's just part of it really. Um, and it's like, the way I look at it, it's like, if I want to be successful in this industry or in my career, there's a lot more to it than just making the game. And I kind of just yeah. have to come to terms with that. That's just part of anything, really. There's more. There's always more to it than what the actual job is. And that's just, even in terms of like marketing and you know, getting Twitter posts ready or, or whatever it is, it's all just part of it. And you either get used to that fact, um, or you don't, and you'll suffer if you don't. So, just may as well just fucking get used to it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess uh, people have said in the past that quite often, um, you know, developing the game is half or less, or you know, less than half of your actual game development time. Like, for like a for an indie sort of setup, you know, a lot of the time is doing that sort of admin and that other behind the scenes stuff that you know that people don't see the less quick glamorous kind of stuff yeah yeah i mean i'll say i mean i to be honest on a on most days like if i got nothing else on i'll put i'll usually put in like 12 hours and i would say 11 of those hours are towards the game and maybe an hour is just everything else so it's not yeah it's just part of it, you know. It's yeah. Because I guess when you're probably at this stage of development, you know, it's yeah, you've done all the kind of um, the starting the, off the planning sort of thing, you know. Yeah, it's like, it's you know, just content. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah. So I guess the yeah, that second part of the question, how yeah, like, do you have anybody that you can go to? Because uh, the Vic industry, uh, well, the community, I guess, yeah, it's pretty supportive from what I've heard. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, how do you go when you're kind of stuck on something or, you know, you need a bit of reassurance that, um, you know, what you're onto is, is all right? Yeah. I mean, to, to be perfectly honest, um, I don't really have any, any kind of mentors and I guess one of my big, one of my regrets, which I, it's not like it's something that's, that I, like, this can be changed, but I do want to get more, more involved in the actual scene, you know, like talking to guys like you and, and getting because I've kind of just been a, a recluse <laughs> this whole time. Um, but at the same time, I've kind of had to do that just to get the work done. You know, it's it's hard to balance everything. But um, so I, I don't really have uh, anyone to, to to look up to, which I would, it would be good to kind of have a bit of direction. Because like I said at the start, um, I've made so many mistakes and, yeah. Maybe maybe it would have been good to just kind of have someone to tell me maybe don't do that or maybe do yeah. this earlier. That's the big thing, like do this earlier. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but that can change. It's, and also last year, everyone we weren't allowed to see anyone anyway. So yeah, of course. Yeah. 
because I know that, um, and I'm assuming you, like you probably work from home. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. So I know that there's a there's a couple of spaces in in Vic where you can sort of um, you know, book a book sorry, but hire studio space or whatever you want to call it, and you know, um, and then you're around a big group of other devs and stuff. So you know that. Um, yeah, a lot of people, you know, you can sort of go to someone there. Or, yeah. Um, all right. So, quick question for you. What's your career highlight so far? I mean, it's, it's got to be the, the Kickstarter was, like, it, it was it was a headache. Um, it wasn't fun. That month wasn't fun. It was pretty, pretty stressful. Um, and there was a lot of work that went into it. And that was a lot, also a lot of work that came out of development, obviously, but um, it's it's just it was cool to kind of just get that reassurance that like I'm doing the right thing. You know what I mean? And, like yeah, to, and, to and, kind like, of, and like people want what you're making. yeah, exactly. Because exactly. you see tons of Kickstarters. I yeah, most do, um, most do. Yeah, yeah. Getting um, you know, and, and getting almost what twenty five percent more than that, yeah, probably, uh, yeah, more than what you um, were after is is awesome. Yeah, it's like I said, it's just because I was doing it just in my spare time for so long and it was just a hobby and then to kind of just have that reassurance that yeah this is kind of something that can can go a long way if I really just keep working at it it was it was it was just a cool kind of reminder and after it was finished it just kind of made it all work worth it obviously it's allowed me to work on it more as well which is the best part of it as well so nice um so yeah with with the demo like I've I've read um quite a few positive uh reviews but you know there's a lot of positive feedback online so you know that's also got to be a, a big yeah, boost yeah. to the uh, to the confidence and for sure um i mean with that sort of feedback you were saying that you have i, I know that you've got a discord uh chat or group there um how often do you sort of go to the to the community for feedback you were saying um with the save system you know you went there and said what works best for for you and you, know, you ended up doing doing both. So I guess, yeah. How often, yeah, do you sort of go to the community for? Well, I suppose um, for this like part of development, like really most of the mechanics are kind of already implemented and kind of already been tested. Like the rest of development is pretty much just me like making the content. And like for that, because that's all creative, like I don't really need like uh, feedback per se, but I know yeah. earlier, like when I was, because for a Kickstarter, you need a demo. And you need, it, if you want to have a successful Kickstarter, it should be a good demo. Um, so when I was trying to make that, I did go through quite a few, like, uh, what's it called? Just testing periods where I'll just get um, community members or just really, I think at the time, I just put out a tweet saying who wants to test. Probably got like, maybe 30 or so testers to just go through the demo. That was when it was, the demo was pretty like rough. I did, I did that maybe three times over six months. Um, and they gave me all the feedback that I needed. And it was all completely valid criticisms. And I made sure to kind of fix them before the Kickstarter. And then mm. the Kickstarter happened and yeah, people liked the demo. So I, I think it is important to, to seek that feedback. Um, but like I said, now, now, the because the mechanics are already in place, it's kind of not as necessary. But I'll still I'll still go to them if I need if I need some kind of um, 
feedback, you know. Yeah, of course. And I guess, um, in a way, uh, not that you owe them, but, you know, they are investors, I guess. Exactly, in your, yeah. In your, your project. So, uh, you know, it's good to sort of feel like you're valued, like when you're, yeah. Um, yeah. When, when you're the backer kind of thing. But on, on that, have you ever sort of had any feedback or had a comment made or whatever and just thought, that's like there's a reason why i'm the developer yeah 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 i mean all the time well not all the time but there's always out of 10 comments there'll there'll always be that one where it's like you don't know anything about game development and you don't even comprehend what it would take to do what you're asking for and i appreciate the feedback but i think i'll take i'll take the reins here I, like, I really appreciate feedback where it, it just really helps when people have an understanding of how long things take. That really, that's, that's, that's like the really good um, criticism. Um, when they know, they, they kind of offer, I guess, compromises because they can understand how long it would take to completely overhaul this or, you know, yeah. So I guess with that, I guess, you know, being in the uh, online society that we are, you know, you can just cop any comment that you don't, you know, don't necessarily want and just, you know, you just go to Twitter and you just see your game is shit kind of, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, as a first time dev in, you know, yeah. and I guess, I guess that that's primarily where like the mentor thing sort of comes into it, but, but how do you, you know, deal that to you? Just, do you just brush off and go, you know, this game is obviously not for them, so it's not worth worrying about. Yeah. yeah. Um, or do you just sort of, or do you, or do you take it like a little bit personally? Like, do you go, Oh, oh yeah. You know, Maybe like maybe my game is a bit crap, and you sort of doubt yourself. Look, there's 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 a part of I think everyone where I was actually talking about this yesterday with someone, but for every you know you get ten comments that will say this is amazing, I love this, this is so cool, like things that like are really nice to hear. Then you hear that one comment who it doesn't even have to be a bad comment, like they the bad comments comments exist, but it, it could just be like oh this is okay or something, and you'll just take that like. Some, something within us just uh, favors the negativity. Um, but I'm pretty like self-aware of that. I'm, I'm pretty self-aware that, that that is like a flaw in our own psychology. You know what I mean? So like I can just, it's, I mean, I got, I got thick skin and, and I know, I know this is not going to be a game for everyone and that's fine. Like I'm not trying to make Among Us or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah definitely. And it's, I guess just back on that, um, you know, we all love that valid that what we're doing is good so you know when you you know when you post something or you and you know you don't see that many likes and you, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. you know, maybe it's you know it's this i guess social media has created that um not expectation but the you know that you need that sort of if you don't get this x amount of likes then why bother kind of thing you know uh, or maybe exactly. it's not very good or yeah and, and you're definitely right like um when we when I first started the website, like I I, I don't have a background in journalism. I just kind of just like writing about games and stuff. But uh, when we first started, like I would take negative comments pretty not bad. Like I wouldn't go and cry and cry myself to sleep and yeah, yeah. stuff. But it was just kind of it, like it it stung, you know. Like it stings. Yeah, it like does. It yeah. stings when someone goes website shit. You know, <laughs> what is this joke for website like? <laughs> So it's uh yeah it definitely like it's it, it, it's never fun to to sort of read that but then you got to you know eventually you sort of get to a point where you just like you just you know, exactly whatever. yeah it is what it is uh you know 
there's always going to be people who are trolls or you know just yeah. don't like something and that, and that's fine you know, you know i don't like not don't like but, you know i've never been a big nintendo fan so that's yeah you know, that's uh but you know i don't uh, go around saying that they're yeah <laughs> you don't comment on uh like nintendo's <laughs> that's twitter posts <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so you've got an awesome community uh and they're they're very very supportive so the question i had well i lost it in the other question um let me scroll down and see if i've got it here i'll just go with another one, like while i think of that but so it's coming to steam so country is coming to steam q1 2022 yep um any chance or have you considered maybe bringing it to consoles yeah i mean that's the dream that's the, and that's every game developer's dream um especially you know like i said growing up with nintendo to have to turn on the switch and see my game that would be amazing but um that's so obviously i'm a one-man team and i can't promise things that are gonna be too hard and i don't want to put too much on my plate you know at the moment so obviously because steam anyone can really publish on steam it's not hard um so i'm gonna focus on that if i mean a lot could change in, in the next few months there's always the publisher um route which is something i've been kind of exploring and, and talking to a few of them which has been cool um if i team up with a publisher which i would say at this point is likely then there is a chance that you know, they'll just handle that and it will take a lot off my plate. Um, but I guess we'll just see, we'll see what happens, I think, in the next few months. I think that's the likely, the likely uh, route, but we'll see. Would, um, and this is not a, not a commitment sort of uh, question, but if you could bring it to one console, like if, would it be the Switch? Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. That, I mean, that's, I mean, not just because of my own bias, but that's the best place financially to to launch something like this yeah because like switch is just booming especially with indies there's, there's something about it um, yeah all right so just back onto that that because I, I did actually have that as a question in here um and i, I don't you probably can't share a lot but you talk about team out with a publisher um i guess when, when did those talks sort of start and i mean you, I, i'm guessing that you can't name names but you know are they a big sort of publisher? You know, I mean, yeah. either way, like that's that's awesome for you. But um, yeah, it gives a little bit of insight into that. Yeah, so I mean, I've I've had a few uh, just like emails here and there, but even back like before the Kickstarter for potential like cooperation, which was cool. Um, and then especially the past like maybe four months, I've actually made like a really conscious effort to start like seeking these things out more and actually start having these. Uh, meetings and, and and zoom calls and all that and yeah it's been i mean i i won't say who or what but it's even if even if some of them have fallen through in the end um there's been some fairly big ones that we have probably all heard of which even just the fact that they're interested in the first place was like cool um even if like it doesn't end up happening in the end it's still one of those things where it's like it's a cool um it's a cool uh it's, it's, it's validation in a way you know but um yeah so i've actually i've made like my commitment for like the next like i said i've committed to kind of seek out these things more and in the next few weeks i'm actually going to start just sending because i've only talked to publishers who have approached me i've never actually like pitched yet so there's going to be so many more options when i actually like seek them out you know what i mean so i'm going to make a conscious effort to do that as well because it's 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 a hard thing to choose um because this is such a personal thing to me and it's such a personal project 
obviously you want it in the right hand. So it's yeah. a, it's a hard thing. Yeah. Well, I guess that's that that that's a that, that, that's a follow up question. But um, so you mentioned very very early that uh, you didn't sort of go with that film Victoria or sorry the Victorian yeah. funding sort of route because you sort of want to have that independence. Yeah. Um. So I guess you know handing over, not handing over you know the rights and stuff, but I guess signing a deal with the publishers probably. That, that, that's a big step away from that. Yeah, exactly. Way. I mean, yeah. depending on the, the deal, like the deal might just be, here's a bunch of cash, go make yeah. console games for this. Yeah. Do it, you know, go for your life. Um, so I guess you've got to be a little bit cautious. Oh, exactly. I mean, the 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 reason I kind of went the Kickstarter route uh, that early was because, well, I felt like it was too early for me to, to sign away my independence to a publisher. Um, but, because I knew I needed more time just to work on the game, so I'm like, and I, and I wasn't, I didn't really know what what way I was, what route I was going to go with it, if I was going to seek a publisher or not. So I kind of wanted just to keep that independence early, so I could have more time to think about it. Um, and now I'm kind of at that time where, where it's time to really find uh, find the right way, or find the find the right route. And um, as far as independence goes, it's like, I mean, most publishers publishers are pretty cool with like. IP ownership and all that. No one's really trying to like take, take. Probably not. Probably not so much in the in the um. Yeah. The yeah. Space, no. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's even as far as like creative um, creative control. Every, every well, everyone that I've spoken to has been pretty adamant that you retain pretty much all control over the game. For me, it's just um. Like I like I've said, it, it's just time. It's a time thing. It's to have, for example, um, I made the, all the trailers so far for the Kickstarter and everything, and that is a lot of fucking work making trailers. That is that was more time consuming than I ever thought would be possible. Um, so just to have a publisher to handle all that marketing stuff, um, to port the game to console, if I can't end up doing it. It's just a time. It's just a time thing. It's just I would love to have all that just taken off my plate, and to have my only focus be make the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Because I was going to ask, like, you know, what, like, what is the appeal for, um, for signing with a publisher? So I guess you know you, pro- you probably have that financial stability. Yeah, exactly. More. Yeah. Um, because you know I guess at some point the Kickstarter money is going to exactly. run out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh. I do hope it uh, works out for you and you find the right partner. Yeah, um, same. <laughs> the other question. So, I guess you, you've been making get well making this game, but doing game dev for three and a bit years, or yeah, kind of yeah, four yeah, years. Yeah. How, how long it's been? I guess what's the what's the biggest lesson that you've kind of learned um, since starting? Man, there's been a lot of lessons. There's been a lot of lessons. Um, well, you give me a couple. You know what? I think. I think it would be. As a as a solo developer, I need to put myself out there more, like like doing things like this, because this game is me. You know, this is me. This this game is my soul. It's a part of my soul, um, and I think it'd be stupid because for a long time I just 
kind of, I don't want to say hid behind it, but well, that's what I did. I hid behind it. I didn't really, I was even kind of ashamed to talk about it with people that I knew. I, I only really revealed that I was even doing this to most people after the Kickstarter was, was a success. For some reason, uh, I don't know why, it's some mental thing where I just was kind of ashamed of it. Not, not ashamed, ashamed is the wrong word, but I didn't really want to, I didn't really want to reveal it for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. Um, but yeah, so, so I think a lesson for me would be kind of put yourself out there a bit earlier um, because people kind of deserve to know what who's behind the game because, like I said, the game is, has only been touched by me. So, yeah, that's a lesson. <laughs> um, the other question I was going to ask before just on the, on the community thing um, is actually, so when I was speaking with Johnny Galtron from Herman Dinosaur and the Artful Escape, so they actually did a Kickstarter for that, and that failed. Um, really? Yeah, so that's actually, so that's the, the thing I was talking about. Know, it's, it's awesome that you got, you know, that you've hit you know, that goal that you did and that you got more because you looked at you know, awesome projects like that, like the Artful Escape, and that didn't even hit its funding, like, like, like that failed. Um, and yeah. you look at how, where that is now, you know, they've signed with Annapurna and right, yeah. you know, they're going to be on Game Pass and that, and that sort of stuff. So, um, but he sort of said to me that uh, the reason why he thinks their Kickstarter failed was because they sort of didn't build up that community, you know. Um, yeah. You know, they, had a, they had a fair bit of, or a decent amount of like media sort of you know, coverage, you know, a lot of positive sort of press, but they didn't have that, that core community to sort of, be their street team to use yeah, like an old yeah, like musical yeah, sort yeah. of term, you know, and go out and you know help, uh, you know, help promote it. But they were kind of just relying on you know good press coverage. Whereas, you know, you've got that awesome community that helped shape the game in a way, and, and you know, and they've helped back it. So that's um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, well, I'll tell you uh, what, like um, early, early, in the, <laughs> early in the Kickstarter, the um, it actually wasn't looking good. The the momentum was very slow, and what we kind of realized early, what I kind of realized early was that the community wasn't really, like, how do I put this? Um, like I thought Twitter followers was a community, but Twitter followers isn't really a number that means anything, you know? Um, you have to funnel uh, people down into Discord. That's the best place for a community. That's what like, so early on I was like, all right, got to get everyone into the Discord and actually start building that community. So I was kind of doing that on the fly as the Kickstarter was happening. Um, and then it kind of grew throughout the Kickstarter. It was a, it was a weird Kickstarter because usually Kickstarters um, will get most of their funding in the first like 48 hours or whatever, and then it'll do nothing for like the middle and then it'll jump up again. With mine, it was pretty linear the whole way. It was very strange. Um, it was a slow start and then it just kind of kept going li uh, linearly the whole time. So that was kind of weird. I don't really know why that happened, but look, uh, you still got there. So yeah, wins exactly. a win. Yeah. Um, but that's just to touch back on something else you said. That, um, is that you mentioned that de having demo was very important. I guess that definitely helped because when I think back to the Apple Escape Kickstart, like, uh, and not that I'm you know, backhanding them at all here because it's just you know it's all a, a learning yeah, yeah experience. But you know, but they didn't have that. Um, that I could think, you know, they just had like a trailer. So yeah, I guess it's, if it's not enough tangible that, you know, that people can play, uh, I guess that definitely yeah. is, uh, 
Well, especially for me because I was, it's not like I had any experience or any anything, any industry experience or any any projects before this. This was my first thing ever. So I felt like there was way like a lot more pressure on me to kind of prove to people that like I'm not fucking around really. Like I, I have this project. Here's a demo that I know that I'm confident in. Um, so that's really important, especially especially if you're a solo developer or, or if you're a small team that, that hasn't got anything to, you know, it's not like where the, um, what's what's the Banjo-Kazooie developer, how they did ukulele, do you remember that? Oh, um, what, what's the new one, yeah. yeah. I can't remember the, play, Playtonic. Playtonic. It's, not, it's yeah. not like we're Playtonic and we're, you know, we have all this yeah. experience and that in itself, that's all the marketing you really need, that's like it, that's... Made from the traders of banjo. Exactly, yeah. So I didn't have that. And if you're a first-time developer, you're not going to have that. So you have to make up for it in other ways. <laughs> you have to prove yourself. You know? Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. So I guess um, the other question, just trying to see on it. Yeah, so you, you're saying that you discussed in detail that this is your first sort of um, game. And, you know, how... How's the overall experience sort of been? Like, do you, are there days where you go, you know, not question your decision to sort of do it, but do you ever go, uh, you know, I'm sure like everybody else there's good days and bad days. Um, yeah. yeah. How's the overall sort of sort of time being? I mean, I guess I've got a lot to say about this because where do I start? I mean, o- overall it's, it's been a lot more work than I ever could have imagined. Um, like it's been, it's been, like I said, 12 hour days, pretty much 12, sometimes like 14. Sometimes I'll, I'll get up at like 6.30 and I'll be on the computer at 7.30 and I'll go, I'll take a break in the middle of the day to like to work out or to run, to go for a run or go to training or something. And then I'll go until like 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. It's, yeah, it's, it's all day. But um, so the work is crazy, but, you know, you have you you do have good days and bad days, like everything. Um, but I do feel like my my motivation has remained really consistent, and I think the Kickstarter helped with that. Because I couldn't imagine if if it would be a lot harder if if it had failed, and I would have to that would be yeah that would be a hit to the motivation. So I I can I feel bad if if that's something that another dev has to go through because that would be hard to kind of regroup after that. So I was very lucky and fortunate that I didn't have to do that, but. Um, I feel like my motivation has remained pretty consistent and to be honest with you it's I feel like it's kind of growing as I as I go on like especially the past few months for some reason I felt really really motivated like I'll wake up and all I want to do is work on the game I'll have an idea in my sleep or like I just I don't know what it is the past few months have been really 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 awesome for me Um, just I'm just feel like I'm always full of ideas and I, I kind of feel like I, I have something special because for a while I, I was kind of like like a lot of devs. I kind of hated my project for a long time. Like I, I was so self-critical of it, and I just I hated it. Like that's what most creative people go through, I think. But I've kind of I don't know what I don't know how I would describe it, but I've kind of found like, something. It's, yeah. It sounds like I guess the more the game has sort of come together, yeah, yeah. the more you can see what it is that you're making and that makes you excited to sort of yeah, right. smash it out and finish it. I think it that's and, it, yeah. yeah and, you know, get it in the hands of people, of yeah, the players. Yeah, that's, um, that's, I'd say that has a lot to do with it. Um, 
yeah and I, like even though there's still like a solid year of, of work of a lot of hard work like, i can still i can for the first time i can kind of see the finish line you know what i mean whereas for a lot of development the finish line is like it's invisible yeah you can't see yeah, it and that's so. probably the big thing yeah yeah so, I, so just it? seeing that finish line has really helped like motivate me to um kind of make this the best i can possibly make it yeah nice so 12 hour days 14 hour days uh doesn't sound like you have a lot of spare time but um i don't i don't <laughs> in the uh when, when you are i guess not uh reading a book on history or you know developing the game so sort of, you know what do you enjoy doing so i mean there's two things that i that i do in my life and that's work on this and if i'm not here i'm i i, I train i've been doing mma for a long time since i was like oh, wow. a lot of different martial arts so martial arts is, is my other passion in life um so if, if i'm not here i'm at the gym um or i'm going for a run or trying to just because because physically when you when you're sitting for so long every day like you really got to take care of yourself because like your physical health will dictate like your motivation and your mental health um that's I'm, I'm really big on that so i try to keep as fit as i can um so if, if i'm not here in front of the computer i'm i'm out running or i'm at the gym really that's that's all i really do um yeah do you ever um do you ever, shoot, do you ever this is I always get a, such a variety of answers um with this question but do you ever play many games do you ever spend time <laughs> playing games and... to be honest with you oh you mean like wait say, say the question again son like, like, do you ever sit down and play video games? Like, do you ever go, oh, oh you yeah. know, like, uh, like, Breath, you know, Breath of the Wild, for example, you know, oh, that's coming out. You know, um, I, I want to check that out. For the for the past um, six months or since the Kickstarter, really, the answer is not really. Um, I feel like I've played enough games in my childhood to like to know to know what I'm doing. You know what I mean, like. To yeah. know what to, to know, good game design, I guess. But I wish uh, I wish I could play more games, but it's just the time thing. Um, and after I've been sitting all day working on this, like sometimes I try to motivate myself to play games. Like something will come out that I want to play, and I just can't. Something stops me from doing. It. I just can't do it. You know. Yeah, it's tired. Can't yeah, fast. yeah, pretty much. Um, do, is there a particular game that you can think of that that you wish you'd played, like? Um, recently, let's see, uh, Doom Eternal was one that I really wanted to get around to, but, um, I don't know when that'll happen, <laughs> but that, that is a relatively short, uh, short game as well. So that's one thing that I need. I need short games. If I'm going to play a game, it's got to be short. Uh, yeah. It's got to be like digestible within like a few days. Uh, so, so not like a 200 hour. Can't do it anymore. Can't do it anymore. <laughs> no more. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel that. Um, I guess uh, I'm trying to think. There was a game that I played or played uh, played last last year that was very short. I can't think of it. Um, if, if if I think of it, I'll uh, I'll mention it. But it might be something that you're uh, that you're into. Um, yeah, cool, man. So that's uh, that's all all awesome. Um, cool. I don't think I've got many more maybe a couple more um questions just on game itself um so yeah so like i said i've sort of played the demo and uh one thing that i did notice um 
and this could have just simply been the way I was playing, but I feel like uh, the enemies are very, they do take a lot of bullets to sort of go down. Um, so, so I guess talk me through sort of that design because I feel like that's definitely a, a mechanic that's been gamified. You know, usually right, right. you shoot someone, they, you know, they go down. Um, it's, yeah. It's funny you mention that because recently, probably for the past like three weeks, I've been kind of re reworking combat because the, like the the demo was well well received but a common criticism was that combat was pretty janky and that, that's something i'll concede too like because when i first started development i kind of had this mindset where it was like oh um classic survival horror games kind of all had shit combat so yeah my <laughs> game will be excused you know what i mean but yeah, that's, yeah. that's not that's not a good attitude to have so yeah I kind of oh, realized, definitely yeah. Yeah, I kind of realized recently. I'm like, I got, I got to rework this because it's, it's like I said at the beginning. You, I've also got to strike this balance between that kind of World War One experience, balancing that with the with the survival horror mechanics. So one thing I've actually uh, done, yeah, the past few weeks was go back, rework pretty much all the AI, how the AI works, and I kind of made it so that group encounters. Uh, are now balanced and work properly so instead of i guess it can it can be compared to like a resident evil 4 now where you, the the combat encounters can be a lot more group focused as opposed to just one-on-one -on -one. um and i feel like that also lends better to the world war one theme because you would have had a lot of soldiers you know in the trench at once not just one-on-one -on -one encounters um so that's something i have been actually uh tweaking I guess, and obviously, if you're going to increase the amount of enemies in an encounter, it's the the, the to make it balanced. You're going to have to decrease their health. Um, so that's something I've been playing around with. I'm going to do an, a beta test for some of the Kickstarter backers uh, next month. Hopefully, uh, yeah, yeah, next month um, to see what they think about it. And um, if the new combat system is well received, then it'll be a bit yeah. I'll I'll stick with it and yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, okay, so that's probably one of the, uh, yeah, I guess one of the gripes that I, yeah, I had is you know I was unloading all these bullets into this into this soldier and uh, just just it just wouldn't go down. <laughs> um, the other thing I want to touch on in the demo is, um, well, not so much the demo, but the but the game is uh, with that inspiration from those survival horror games, um, puzzle design. Um, how do you kind of because I feel like puzzles can be again. There's got to be like a right balance. That they, yeah, exactly. They can be shit, good, awesome, and then they're the ones that are a little bit like not cliche, but like a little bit. Uh, I, I guess you have that, you know, in Resident Evil, like when you, oh, you got to get these cogs to go in this wheel. You like classic, classic <laughs> Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah. So you know, how do you get the right balance? Um, it is hard. Um, it's something I've been thinking about a lot is I think people say that they like puzzles in survival horror games, but I feel like deep down, most, people, <laughs> most people don't. But I feel like what people do like is that, feel, that, that feeling of uh, feeling smart and like they solve something. So I think that's kind of the balance you have to strike is that the puzzle has to be not really too crazy there's, there's some puzzles in like the early silent hills that are like 
who, who's going to be able to solve this? Like, <laughs> I don't feel like that's that's I don't feel like that's good. Um, I think the balance is to make it not like baby simple, but yeah, make it so that you have to use some like level of abstraction in your brain that's yeah. not too like deep, and um, then when you solve it, like make the player feel smart. <laughs> that's, yeah. I guess that's the goal. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I guess for me, I, I'm not big on puzzles that make you uh, like walk around a lot to like open a door, for, for example. Like, you know, if I have to spend 20 minutes trying to figure out, like to get all these items just to unlock a door, it's kind right. of like, it, like that part of me, like I don't like those as much, especially when there's like multiple of them, you know, it, you know you've got to have a good variety, I think, yeah. you know. So exactly. I think you've got... In the demo, there's the one with the the padlock. I think, um, you know, that's you know, that's a nice little simple one. Um, you know, and, and then you have, even if you have like a like a long term puzzle where it's like you know you have to get through this door yeah, at some point, yeah, yeah, and you're collecting exactly. bits. You know, you know, they're fine, but it's the ones that, you know, yeah. Well, when you sort of come to it and you got to go, all right, now I got to go spend. It just sort of kills. Exactly. Right. Yeah, there. it's like yeah. in the demo, there's a door that yeah. has wire. And you find that pretty early on. So you're like, okay, I need something to cut that wire. And then as the demo progresses, you find the two wire cutters. And it's like, all right. So it's like, it's like a natural kind of, you're just solving it naturally in a way, you know, and you still feel smart for doing that, but it's really not actually that complicated, you know? No, no. And they're, and they're good because they're, they're not like, you're not stuck. Like, you're yeah, not like, yeah. oh, I'm at this door. Like now I have to go back and find what it was. Like, you know, like you're giving the player the door first. Yeah, exactly. The tool rather than giving them, you know, the other way kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, whereas you, you should have found this tool on your way. Here's the door. You've obviously right. missed it. Yeah. So I, I think I think that's a good design. I mean, both work, you know, in in, in their own ways. But but yeah, because I guess it's it, it has it in the back of your mind. You know, like, oh, I need something to to get through here. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, nice. Um. If you had to slap a runtime on it, how long do you think Conflict will take the average sort of player um, in, to finish? The like what are you aiming for? Yeah, so I, I mean, I want to say roughly like five or six hours, but that it's, it's hard to um, because with the demo, that took some people half, that took some people twenty minutes, that took some people two hours, like, so it's kind of a hard thing to to gauge, I guess. But um, I would say maybe if you've had survival horror experience probably like five six hours maybe if you're a bit newer six seven maybe um my, my goal with this game is not to make the biggest game you know like, like like i said before i want i want a game that respects people's time because I, there's a lot of games that grow longer than, than they should and you can tell that it's padding i don't, I don't want to put i don't want to have any padding in the game like i just want to have it run as long as i have like good ideas as long as like you know yeah as, as long as you can tell there's been like effort and soul put into it that's how long i want the game to run um and that'll probably be like yeah five six hours i guess um when it comes to that sort of runtime that, that you know those shorter runtimes i feel like indies have a lot more um freedom in yeah. that regard you know um i'm a huge fan of the order 1886 people listening and uh, reading our web- website would know but you know one of the biggest criticisms for that game was that it was too short kind of thing uh, you know, going between five to eight hours, you know, depending sort of how you sort of played it. And, you know, they were charging, you know, right. yeah. full full, full price for it because obviously, you know, the production cost behind it probably yeah. yep. 
it, it was that big Sony triple um, A, but you know, I guess that argument of cost first length, you know, I feel like indies definitely have a lot more flexibility and and that they're you know, um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's good because you know, when you I guess if you make an indie game that gives you twenty hours and it's I don't know thirty bucks or say for example, yeah, you, you yeah. go like what a this is awesome like like you know what a great what a great deal um yeah nice um i go yeah and, and i guess with survival horror games you kind of they are definitely better suited to those shorter tighter yeah um experiences um exactly well if you look at the old like even resident evil 2 i mean and 3 and the originals they were probably like six hours really um but those were built for replayability and that's another thing that i want to i want to focus on is you know replayability different difficulties stuff like that you know yeah so so there's going to be a new game plus yeah yeah it's pretty much yeah, it's so. pretty much going to work the same way as the classic games where you can unlock new weapons and you can go through it again with you know like an infinite you know a rocket launcher or something and like just blow everything <laughs> up and it's going to have all those kind of tropes yeah yeah nice um so yeah, just on the weapons uh so you, i guess you'll you'll find better weapons as you sort of go through the game uh, is there any like upgrades or anything sort of like that funny i actually just announced a, a mechanic um which is the like a merchant character like resident evil 4 yes yeah, so i did find see him, that yeah you'll find him throughout um, the game and you can trade him cigarettes that you find for like weapon upgrades so yeah so that will be in the game yeah you'll be able to up, upgrade weapons because um, i do i do like that sense of kind of progression um, especially with Resident Evil 4. And I think that's kind of missing from the original games. It is kind mm. of cool to feel like your gun's getting stronger. And it's it's also a hard balance in survival horror because you don't want to make the player too powerful as well. That's kind of a hard balance. But um, yeah. Just until you um, go through with a rocket launcher and don't yeah, run. Exactly. Yeah. Infinite ammo. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm actually I'm surprised that uh, the question before, I didn't actually think of it at the time, but now um, that you did say the remake of Resident Evil 2, um, that you haven't, uh, that you wish you'd gone back and play that. Have no, no, I have that? played that. I have played that. Oh, you have played that. Okay, um, that makes sense. Why you didn't say it? Um, did you? Uh, how do you think um, compared to the first one? Like, do you think like that was an yeah. awesome remake, or were you? So I um, I actually don't. I played the, the original Resident Evil two for the first time maybe three years ago. I, I actually don't okay. really have any nostalgia attached to it. Right. So I kind of came in with a fresh. I guess probably more of an unbiased uh, view, but I actually, um, I mean, I, I love the original, even having played it only the first time, like three years ago, I love it. And I can completely see why it's such a classic, I think. And, and it, the level design of the second game is actually a lot of the inspiration in the conscript demo. If you kind of look closely, the layout's pretty similar. We, we have like the central room and you have the east and west kind of trenches. Yeah. Um, so I, actually really enjoyed the remake as well i thought it was there's so much hyperbole that goes around whenever a game's released where you know this is shit and this even with the <laughs> even with the third the, the resident Evil 3, 3 remake I, I can understand there were the flaws but people get really angry at things that i don't think are worth getting angry about because um, i think for all intents and purposes even if they're, they're both not like perfect remakes i think they're really great games um on their own and let's not forget let's not forget the state that resident evil in was in as a series like I know. not too long ago so let's be a bit grateful for what we actually have because we actually have good games now <laughs> like yeah it's um so i actually 
I'm pretty. I feel like I'm pretty tight when it comes to giving out tens. Um, Resident Evil Two was actually my first. Uh, the remake was my first ten. Yeah, cool. I'd ever given. Um, I, yeah, I, I loved absolutely it, yeah. loved it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was probably always bound to happen, I guess. Uh, not to say that you know I, I already had a score in my head before I played it, but it was just. When I when I think of a I guess a, a, a remake or a reimagining, as I said, like this was just awesome. You know, it went from that yeah, sorry, it went from the uh, static cameras to the over the shoulder yeah, sort of yeah. view, and just the zombie design and just the atmosphere. It was just yeah, awesome. I loved it, it as just, well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it was awesome. The one um, I did RE three as well, and I've never been a huge RE three fan. I have to say, I gave the remake on that one and. Eight, I think. Mm. I think that's um, fair. Yeah. I feel like, see, uh, this is a maybe a question that you might uh, have a good answer for, but I felt like they came out too close together because I feel like the RE2 remake was so, was such a like awesome remake. It was like, oh, this is an incredible yeah. take on RE2. This is not like a you know just chuck a bit of spit and polish on it, and yeah. here it is with some enhanced visuals. It's a full you know ground up remake, and that kind of wow factor of how amazing that change was from the original to the new one within a year that sort of hadn't died down a bit and it was kind of like oh it's just more of re2 remake yeah 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 which you know is probably unfair but uh, i just feel like that that you know because re2 was sort of that first time that we had that reimagining and it was just such a powerful and awesome experience that three and i think you know three's always been a a weaker game so i think it just had that weaker yeah i, I mean i agree i i always thought that the original three wasn't really that amazing either so um i do think the remake probably needed a bit more time in the oven but like i mean who knows what went down behind the scenes uh, anything could have happened but i think when you stop looking at that particular game as like a one-to-one remake and you kind of take it as its own thing as more of a reimagining as opposed to a remake um then I think it kind of stands up a bit better by itself. You know what I mean? Like, because it's not, it doesn't really remake. It doesn't really no, take no, much remake from the original game. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's more of a reimagining. And when you, when you look at it that way, I feel like it's a perfectly, it's, yeah, it's an eight. It's probably an eight out of 10, which is good, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I still in, enjoyed it like a lot. Um, also, you know, I'm a huge Leon fanboy, so. Yeah, he's 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 awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so he's uh you know he was in it. So there's yeah. like minus minus two points for that. Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm very excited for uh the RE4 remake whenever that comes out. But uh the new one, Village, you know, I'm definitely looks cool. Yeah, it looks awesome. Keen to um you know, and they've definitely taken that series. You, you kind of look back at what it was, and you go, it's looked to like to what it is now, and it's so different to yeah um you know just with the stuff like that but um did you play seven at all yeah i played seven i love seven i thought seven was yeah, really okay. great yeah especially coming up right. to six i hate six don't get me started on six but coming up to six did. yeah um i didn't like five uh i didn't like six i didn't mind leon's campaign at the start i thought like because when i first played i was like oh this is cool you know you're in like i think you're in the university it definitely feels like it's a bit of survival or and then you're in the train tracks and stuff like that and i was like this is fucking cool and then it just gets ridiculous it's fucking it's just uh, it has that game has no direction whatsoever it's yeah. just it doesn't I really mean, know like, what it wants to be 
it was a cool idea of having all those characters sort of linked together, but yeah, it just didn't. Yeah. And it kind of, kind of like those two world things that you were talking exactly. about. Exactly, yeah. It just didn't sound, it just didn't connect well. Yeah. Um, but on seven, like I thought seven, the, the first half of it, and I was, I'm probably in that that side where I'm the, I'm the old school Resident Evil fan, so, oh, this is a new game which is first person and doesn't yeah. have Leon or, you know, well, this isn't Resident Evil, this is just something else with the name on it. Um, but I played the first, you know, I played it, and the first half I thought was fantastic, amazing. Um, but the second half, when it kind of left the house, yeah. spoiler alert, um, that's when I kind of thought it, got, it sort of lost its way. In. Yeah, I agree. Um, I feel like that's, when you actually think about it, most Resident Evil games go that way. You'll start in the, in, like take Resident Evil 4, even Resident Evil 4, the village is the best part of the game, and then... The castle's pretty good. I like the castle. But then as the game goes on, you can... And look, it's understandable. Like, now as a developer, I can understand why that happens. It's like, clearly, the best work's going to be what you make first. And then it's, it's going to be hard to maintain that quality. So I can understand that. Um, but yeah, I think that's common within the series, to be honest. And that's why, thinking about that, I'm like, if I can feel... If, if we're not making conscript, if I can kind of feel that the quality's dipping, then I'm just going to... I'm just going to... The game ends here. Like, yeah. I feel like that would be more appreciated than to just extend it artificially or with less quality, you know? Um, nice, man. Um, well, uh, I've been chewing the year off for nearly two hours, so maybe no, we'll, uh, we'll uh, call it there. So thank cool. you very much for coming uh, on and debuting and kicking the, the series off. Um, if you want to give uh, yourself a bit of a plug, uh, fire sure. away, where can we check you out and the game out? Yeah, so... Um, on Twitter, you can you can find uh, the game at conscript at conscript game, yeah conscript game. I nearly forgot my own Twitter <laughs> um, at conscript game, and I mean that's all I really use. I don't really um, use a personal Twitter. And if you want to join the Discord, there's a link to that in the Twitter as well. Um, make sure to wishlist on Steam as well. That's what I'm going to say. Make sure to wishlist on Steam if you're interested. Um, yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, go go check out the demo on Steam uh, if you want to give it a crack, if you like what you've heard. Um, thanks again, Jordan, for uh, joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, this article, with well, this podcast should be embedded into an article. Cool. Uh, you'll find the uh, the article on www.well-played.com.au. Uh, thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this chat, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you.